let's just open in a word of prayer before we dive into the word. Jesus, we're grateful. Lord, I just, as we were singing today, I was lost, but now I'm found. Lord, we remember. We remember where we were when you found us. And you are so good to us, Lord. We remember that you have found us and you've brought us out and you you lifted us out of a pit and you put our feet on solid ground. And Lord, we can't help but overflow in love and praise for you today. And so as we open your word, Father, we're reminded what a privilege it is that, that we have your words to us in scripture. God, we cherish them and we ask that today that as we read um, your word, as we study your word, Lord, that you would illuminate our hearts, that we would learn more about you. And then in turn, we would become more like you. Lord, we want to represent you well to the world around us, Father, people of love and kindness and of truth. And we just are so grateful, Jesus, for this time that we have together together. So we ask that you would be with us today. Show us what you want us to learn today from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, New Testament, about halfway through. Uh, We have been studying um, through the book of Ephesians in the last few weeks, and today um, we're going to continue on in that. But all of this series on spiritual blessings is based out of this first verse in Ephesians 1.3. And Ephesians 1.3 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And as we've been talking about spiritual blessings, um, this verse really jumped out at me this summer because when we talk about I am so blessed, especially this week when you're thinking of what you're thankful for and all those things, when we think about how we are blessed, most of us think of those tangible things. We think of our families, we think of our homes, we think of um, provision, we think of our jobs, that we have been blessed with all kinds of blessings, and those are real and valid and directly from the hand of God. We're not discounting of that. But this verse tells us that there is another kind of blessing that you and I have been blessed with, and they are spiritual blessings. They're things that we can't touch, they're things that we can't see, but they are very, very real. There are spiritual blessings that God has given to us in order to enrich us, in order to help us represent him well, in order to help us navigate life. And so we have been talking about what some of these spiritual blessings are in the book of Ephesians. Uh, Paul lists a whole bunch of them over and over and over again. And so we have been talking about what those blessings are and how we can use them. Because the reality is they're ours. When we read that verse, it says that God has blessed us. That means they've been given to us. He has given us these blessings. And the first week I talked about my mom purse, how in my purse I have pretty much everything you could ever want or need at any time. I've got batteries. I've got cop drops. I've got anything you can imagine. It's all in there. But the only thing I have to do is I have to access it and grab it. And so we were talking about the fact that these spiritual blessings, they're all at our disposal. You could use the mom purse analogy. You could use your toolbox as you're navigating life. What are the things in your toolbox that you can pull from to help you navigate life every day? We have all kinds of tools. And in that toolbox that Christ gives us, he gives us spiritual blessings. He gives us things that we can pull out and utilize to help us live a life that is pleasing to God. And so we talked about that. And then Stephen talked a couple weeks ago, great message. If you didn't listen to it online, you can go back and listen to it, about 
our adoption, our salvation, that we belong to Christ. That is one of our fundamental spiritual blessings. If you ever have a moment that you wonder, do I belong anywhere? You can take it to the bank that you have a place in the family of God. You have a place forever. You have a place in the family of God and you have a family here in the fellowship of believers, that we are chosen, that we belong, that you are here. Everyone is welcome. No one is excluded. That we all have a place in the family of God. That is our spiritual blessing. That's our inheritance. We don't ever have to wonder where our place is because we are adopted by Christ and we belong to him. And then last week, Jeff talked about unity and peace through the Spirit. He talked about in Ephesians 2 when Paul talks about through these spiritual blessings, God has torn down the wall of hostility between us and other people. Where before we would look at other people in, in Scripture, they would look and say, well, you're my enemy. I don't believe like you. I don't agree like you. I don't, I don't believe in everything. We might have disagreements, but the wall of hostility is gone. And that's how we can grow in our faith, that we can be people who love other people without this hostility. We can just care for people and love for people that the spirit of Christ, one of our spiritual blessings is the spirit of unity and peace. And today I want to talk about another one of our spiritual blessings, another thing to put in your toolbox, another thing that God has promised to us that can help us navigate our lives. And it is spiritual wisdom and insight. So go back to Ephesians chapter 1 and go down to verse 15 through 18, and this is what Paul says. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Paul is praying this for his dear friends in the churches in Ephesus and the surrounding areas. He, this is a prayer. He's saying, hey, I've heard about you. I'm so proud of your strong faith. I'm so proud of the way you are loving other people. And then he says, but I haven't stopped praying for you. I pray for you constantly. And he asks God to give them something very specific, a very specific spiritual blessing. And it's the spiritual blessing of wisdom and insight. Other versions say, I'm asking God to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. A spirit of revelation. He prays that their hearts would be flooded with light, that they would have light inside of them to guide them in a very dark world. An inner light that comes from knowing God. This inner light that would fill them with hope no matter what the situation because they have this deep, meaningful relationship with Christ. So I want to dive deeper today into those two words that Paul is praying for today. Why is he praying for spiritual wisdom? Why is he praying for insight for his friends? He says that they're doing really good. They're growing in their faith. They're strong. And so it's almost like this added layer that he wants them to now experience in spiritual wisdom and insight. And what does it mean to have a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of understanding or revelation? And how do we walk that out? How do we access that spiritual blessing in our everyday lives and become wise people, become insightful people for the glory of God? So I'm going to look at these two words. First, the word wisdom. 
Now, Paul wrote this originally in the Greek language, and so the word for wisdom in the Greek is Sophia. I was hoping Sophia was here today because Sophia literally means wisdom, which is awesome. So if you know a Sophia, you tell her you're going to be the smartest girl on the block because your name means wisdom. And what that definition is, it's skill. It's wisdom. It's insight, intelligence, clarity. Um, I thought it was really interesting that two of our English words have Sophia as a root. Sophistication has Sophia at the beginning. And philosophy, which if you break it down, philo is love and Sophia is wisdom. So philosophy is the love of wisdom. I thought that that was very interesting. So wisdom, Sophia, means skill, insight, knowledge, understanding things. So that's the first word. And then revelation. I'm not even going to try and say what the Greek word is. I tried practicing it, but we're going to just leave it there today. I'm on too many cold meds. But revelation literally means this, uncovering. Uncovering. So if something was hidden behind a thick curtain and suddenly I pulled the curtain aside, that would be revelation. Something that's hidden now being seen. An unveiling, a revealing of something, disclosure lightning to be revealed. So you can see that Paul puts these two concepts together very strategically. He's essentially saying, hey, Ephesians, I'm proud of you, of your faith in Christ, and I'm proud of how you're loving others, but now I'm asking God to help you see things that other people aren't seeing. I'm asking God to make you wise. I want you to understand things on a different level than what those around you understand. I want to uncover things to you that seem to be hidden to other people. I want you to tap into my Holy Spirit that's available to reveal things to you somewhere deep in your heart and your mind that you wouldn't know any other way except for through my Holy Spirit. This is a really interesting, deep-level of Christianity that is available to us to have a spirit of wisdom and understanding that God would unveil things to us, that we could know things, that we could understand things on a deeper level. And I believe the spirit of wisdom and understanding will manifest itself in a couple different ways. And here's the first one. God will reveal his power to others through your spiritual wisdom and insight. We see it all over scripture that God uses these two spiritual blessings of wisdom and insight to demonstrate to other people the power of God, that God knows you, that God sees you, that God understands everything about you, and that he is able to meet you right where you are at. I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you're going through something and someone picks up the phone and calls and says, you know what, God just put you on my heart today. I've been praying for you today don't really know why. What do you feel when that happens to you? Like, wow, someone knows and sees. God knows. God sees and knows enough of what's going on in the inside of me that he could speak and reveal that to somebody else and have them praying for me today as I'm going through this hard thing. This is the stuff that I'm talking about today. There is a level of spiritual wisdom and insight that you and I as believers should be operating in. And God will use that because, you know what, if I'm the one that gets the call, I'm always like, wow, God really does care about me. God really does know me. God really does see me. And he does understand. And he is working 
on my life. That makes me grow in faith. How about you? Yes, when, God, when you know and you can see God actively working in your life. And so God will use spiritual wisdom and insight to demonstrate his power to other people. I want to show you a, uh, a portion of Old Testament scripture that this is really demonstrated. If you want to turn there, Daniel 5, all the way back in the Old Testament. Daniel's a tricky book to find. I always have to kind of like, it's after Psalms, but it's, it's back in there. In Daniel chapter 5, there's a story about King Belshazzar of Babylon who's having a party. Now, the history is the people of God had been taken captive by the Babylonians. And so all of the Hebrew people had been carried off into captivity. They'd conquered Jerusalem. They had taken everything out of the city, taken all the people, and brought them into Babylon. And they were now slaves in Babylon for 75 years. And so they've been there a long time, and now there's a new king. So Belteshazzar is the new king of Babylon. And he's having a party one night. And he's having a great time with all of his people. And he decides that he would want to do something really fun. So he says to his leaders, hey, remember when we conquered those Hebrew people? Remember when we destroyed their temple? Go get all the stuff that was in that temple and bring it here. Let's drink out of the gold cups that we stole from the temple. Wouldn't that be great? And it's basically just like, how can we mock this God that we destroyed? And so they, they go and get the cups, and they bring it into their party, and they're all drinking out of the holy gold goblets that used to be in the temple. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it says that a human hand shows on the wall and begins writing words on the wall. You ever heard the phrase, the writing's on the wall? That's where it comes from. Because this giant hand comes and it starts writing on the wall. And they're all freaking out. They're all, nobody knows what it means. They've all seen it, but nobody knows what the words mean. They see these words and they're thinking, I don't know, is this have a great party? Is this like you're in big trouble? What do these words mean? And so they bring in all the astrologers. They bring in all the magicians. They bring in the smartest people in all of Babylon. And no one can figure out what this means. And then one moment, the queen mother comes to the king and he says, I know a man who can tell you what that means. In Daniel 5.12, it says, This man, Daniel, who the king named Belteshazzar, has exceptional ability and is he's filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he will tell you what the writing means. So interesting. Do you see what he says? As I studied this, these are very similar words to what Paul is talking about later. What, is, what do they say about Daniel? He has wisdom. He has understanding. He has revelation. He has discernment and insight. And when these pagan kings get themselves into a big old mess and nobody around them can figure out what is going on, somebody stops and says, wait a minute. I remember there's a man. And look at what they say he can do. He can interpret dreams. He's something so divinely supernatural. I don't know if you've ever had anybody interpret a dream. I never have. I don't really remember my dreams, and I usually think it's just like bad dominoes or something before bed. But if someone ever came up to you and said, you had a dream last night, and I'm going to tell you what it means, oh, my goodness, can you imagine? But this is, what, this is one of Daniel's gifts, this, his spiritual ability. But then look what else it says about Daniel. He can explain riddles. He was smart. He was able to look at things and understand things. And the last thing, it says that he can, um, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. He can solve complex problems. 
okay? He can solve complex problems. And actually what that means is he, it means to untie knots when you look at the original Hebrew. It means that when faced with really complex problems, things are knotted up in a mess, He's able to untie the problems. He's able to look and see. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. And over and over in the book of Daniel, we see Daniel being called to the front of the pack because he has wisdom, he has insight, and he has knowledge. And over and over again, it puts him into the position to speak to kings and those who have influence over nations. His wisdom and insight wasn't given to promote Daniel. Because if you read, every time people would come and say, Daniel can interpret this dream. He said, no, 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 it's not me. But the spirit of the living God that knows all and sees all, he talks to me and he tells me things. And now I'll tell you what he's saying. And sure enough, he was able to read the writing on the wall and tell them. Every single time that Daniel was put in a position in front of someone, he was able to tell them something that nobody else could figure out. And he would say, here's the answer to your problem. And oh, by the way, God showed me that because God knows everything. And that's how strong and powerful he is. He's able to do that. So let me ask you this. What if when you were at your job, when you were at work, you begin to ask God to make you a Daniel 5, 12 leader, that you can solve difficult problems, That when it comes to things that everybody's looking around, looking at each other going, ah, what do we do? I don't know how we're going to fix this problem. That you can stop and say, Lord, these people know that I follow you. Would you give me wisdom? Would you give me insight? Would you give me creative solutions to problems that nobody else can figure out? What if God, through his Holy Spirit, could give you an extra level of insight an extra level of wisdom into your workplace. If you begin praying that every day as you drove there, God, I want to be like Daniel. I thank you that you made him smart and capable and you gave him insight and that he used that in turn to point others to you. God, what, what if that became a part of my spiritual life that I was asking you for wisdom and insight, God, beyond what I could see with my own eyes? What if in your personal life, among your friends and neighbors, you seem to have a deeper level of insight and wisdom when it comes to dealing with complex family issues? That your neighbor comes and crashes your kitchen table and is telling you what's going on with their kids and suddenly you have a measure of insight that you wouldn't normally have on your own that you say, you know what, have you thought about this? Well, I wonder if it's this. Or maybe we could pray that God would show us a solution to this. What if... God began to work through you, giving you answers, giving you solutions, giving you wisdom beyond your own understanding so that in turn you could say, you know what, I've been praying about this and here's what God has showed me. How could God use that in your life to demonstrate his power to other people? If you're open and you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, God will give you supernatural wisdom and insight that will demonstrate the power of God to other people. He will unveil things to you so that you can point other people back to Jesus. So that's the first thing. If you will allow God to use you, he will demonstrate his power through you, through the spiritual gift of wisdom and insight. The second thing I want to talk about in regards to spiritual blessing is this. Number two, spiritual wisdom and insight opens our eyes to the things beyond what we can know in our own understanding. 
There's a moment in the life of every believer where the eyes of our hearts are open to the things of God. Maybe you've had this experience. Maybe you had heard about God for a really long time. You had gone to church. You had heard people talk about God. But all of a sudden, there was a day that the eyes of your heart were open and it just clicked. Can anybody remember that day where you're like, wait a minute, this just clicks. This just makes sense. Okay, Dennis, yay, hallelujah. Okay, Dennis got saved, everybody. Woohoo! We have one. But that's the truth. I know for me there have been times that I've been struggling with something and all of a sudden I'll have a day where there's just this clarity. And I might have heard about it for a long time, but all of a sudden the eyes of my heart were opened. I was enlightened to the truth of God and it made sense and it clicked. And from that moment on, there was growth in that area. The blessings of spiritual wisdom and insight are that God will open up your eyes to things of the Spirit to things of God that maybe you've heard a million times and all of a sudden when you begin praying, God, show me this truth. Open up my eyes to this. God begins to show us things about himself, about what he's doing, about his character, about ourselves that we wouldn't normally see. Here's an example. In Matthew 16, 13, Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's an interesting question. He pulls his guys aside and he's like, hey, are people talking about me? Who are they saying that I am? It's kind of like before you could Google yourself, I guess. He was wondering, who are people, what are they saying about me? And so the disciples begin to reply. And well, they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah. Or others say that you're one of the prophets. And then he asked them, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Peter understood something that nobody else around him understood. Because the father had showed him, this is my son. And Peter had eyes to see it. And when everyone else was saying, well, some people say he's a prophet. Some say this. Peter with certainty and confidence said, I know exactly who you are. And Jesus said, I know you do. And you're blessed because my father has revealed this to you. No human could have told you that. What you learned about me, you learned somewhere deep inside your spirit. I want that kind of faith. Jesus commended Peter because he had spiritual insight that could have only come from the Father. He says, everyone around you, Peter, is trying to figure out who I am and what I'm all about, but you already get it. You see truth because you've allowed the Holy Spirit to speak something about me to your heart. This is a spiritual blessing that every single one of us should be asking God to help us utilize every single day looking at every situation and saying, God, I know what I see here with my own eyes. God, I know what other people around me are seeing, but what do you want me to see with my spiritual eyes, my spiritual understanding? What am I missing? What could you show me that I could know with certainty, God, even though everyone else around me might not get it? Opening up the Bible and reading a verse or two and saying, God, I don't just want to read this and just look at it and be like, well, okay, I did my time. I read a chapter, I read a couple verses, 
but nothing really jumped out at me. Instead of stopping and saying, God, could you reveal something about me, about yourself to me as I read this today? Illuminate the scriptures. Peel back that curtain. Give me a spirit of revelation and insight so that something will just poke at my heart today. That we're asking God to show us that. Being able to discern spiritually what is going on. Um, I work at North Central University, and we have chapel every single day. And this fall, we had a guest speaker, and her name is Martha Tennyson. Martha Tennyson is 77 years old, and she got in front of 1,000 college students and brought the house down, so much that we brought her back a second day because she just is this fiery Southern preacher. And she preached a message, and her message was, what's happening versus what's really going on. And she kept saying, what's really going on? And she talked about what's happening in your life. You look at with your own eyes. But what's really going on is a whole lot bigger than what you see with your own eyes. And if we are open to say, God, I see what's happening. I see what's happening right now in my job, in my family, in my circumstances. We have this natural insight that we can see what's really happening, but God, could you tell me what's really going on? What's going on beyond what I can see with my own eyes? God, show me what's really going on, being able to discern this. I was talking to a coworker this week whose son has been struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling, and she said, I finally was standing in my laundry room. She said, I started stomping my feet and said, God, what is going on with my family? She said, I just got to the point where I was trying to fix all these little symptoms. And I finally said, I need to know what's going on with my family. And she said, God began to reveal to me, the enemy's going after the weakest person in your family. He's trying to take your family down and your son has struggled the most. And that's why the attack is going to him. And she said, and I went, okay, now I know how to pray. The difference between what's happening and what's really going on, that's what comes from spiritual wisdom and insight. And this understanding is available to you. This is a spiritual blessing in your toolbox. So what if we started using this every day with our families? When you're looking at your kids and going, man, what is happening? You know, it's like when they're being really naughty when they're little, and then you're like, oh, they're sick. And you don't know it till two days later. Like, why are they so naughty? But what if it was deeper? What if you could stop just looking at the symptoms and say, I see what's happening, but Lord, what's really going on? Is there pain? Is there hurt? Is there lack of security? God, how can I best love my children through this? Show me what's really going on. Not just what's happening, but give me insight to know how to pray. God, I'm asking you to show me how do I pray? How do I respond? What's the right tools to help? Jesus, help me. What if that was with your coworkers, with your family, with your relatives? What if sitting around the Thanksgiving table this uh, Thursday, I think that's right, right? Thursday, as you're looking around and you are so annoyed with what's happening, could you stop and say, God, show me what's really going on? What's really going on? And that you could have a moment in the kitchen where instead of coming back in anger, you could maybe put an arm around a shoulder and say, hey, I just want you to know I've been praying for you because there might be more going on than what you're seeing on the surface. God, help us to not just see what's happening, but have spiritual wisdom and insight to discern the greater picture. 
What if you prayed every single morning, God, open my eyes today to see beyond what's right in front of me. Help me to see what's going on in the spiritual world, what's going on in the hearts of others, and that I would have deeper insight and understanding that could only come from the Holy Spirit. And what if, like Paul, you begin to pray this for other people? Because that's the context that we find this, because Paul is praying this for his friends. He's saying, God, let them see deeper than what is just happening around them. It reminds me of the story of Elisha and his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6. The king of Aram, this is another side note, is really mad at Elisha because Elisha has this spirit of discernment and insight, and the king of Aram is trying to capture the Israelites, and every time they have a strategic plan, God tells Elisha, and Elisha tells the army, and they just leave. And Aram keeps, the king of Aram keeps going, how can they always know who is, who is a traitor in my camp? And finally his leaders go, it's not any of us. There's this prophet Elisha, and somehow God always tells him what we're, he, somehow he has ears that he can hear even what you're saying inside your bedroom, it even says in there. And so uh, the king decides, well, then I'm just going to take out this guy, and then I'll be able to come after the army. And so Elisha is out in the wilderness with his servant, And all of a sudden, they wake up in the morning, and the servant walks out and sees that the armies of Aram have surrounded them. They are everywhere. It's these two guys and all the armies of Aram. And the servant is obviously freaking out about this. He saw these armies. And here's what happens in 2 Kings 6. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried out to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And then Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Oh, this is the best story, you guys. He looked out and went, okay, I'm surround- we're surrounded. We're surrounded. And Elisha's just like, oh, Lord, open his eyes. And all of a sudden, when his eyes were opened, he saw that even though they were surrounded, that there were even more heavenly chariots of fire surrounding that army. But the servant couldn't see it until Elisha prayed, God, open up his eyes so he can see what I'm seeing. I'm not worried because he saw him. He saw the armies right away. But the servant couldn't see. And so Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see how many are fighting for us. And what if we began praying that every day? Oh, Lord, open my kids' eyes that they see how much you have their back. Lord, that they would not be afraid because they would know without a shadow of a doubt that there are more fighting for them than those that are against them. What if you begin to pray this over other people? God, open their eyes that they can see what you are doing. Spiritual understanding, spiritual revelation and insight is available to us. So what would happen if you asked God to begin to give this gift to you? as you go throughout your days. Lord, I pray that today I wouldn't just see with my eyes, but I would see with the open eyes of my heart, God, that I would see what's going on under the surface 
that I have wisdom and insight beyond what I could know in my own understanding? What if you ask God to give you a spirit of wisdom and understanding so that others would see the power of God in your life? If you went to work every day saying, God, make me a Daniel 5.12 leader, that today I will be able to solve complex problems, that you would give me insight, Father, to help me represent you well. What if you begin to ask God to open your eyes to what's really going on in the lives of the people you interact with every day? Not just what's happening, but what's really going on. I love this spiritual blessing that is afforded to every single one of us. But we have to open our eyes. God is not going to force that on us. We have to say, Lord, this is something that I want. I want a deeper level of understanding and insight as to what is going on. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you have so much for us. Your word says that we have everything we need for life and godliness. And Lord, there's no reason for us to go through life just kind of blindly stepping when you have promised us, God, that you will give us insight and wisdom beyond what we could know in our own understanding. But Lord, we're really good and relying on what we can see, what we can figure out ourselves, what we know, what we can gain with our own human understanding. But I thank you, Lord, that human understanding is only limited. But God, you, in combination with that, Father, you can give us spiritual eyes to see things, Lord. So, Father, we're asking that you would begin to develop the spiritual gift in us, Lord, that it would become a part of our lives, that every time we open the word, Father, that we are praying for a spirit of revelation to reveal something to us, God, that we didn't know before. Lord, when we're encountering any situation, I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be open to not just see what's happening, but to discern what's really going on. Lord, I pray that as we step into all kinds of environments, that, Lord, you would help us to be people.